do you crave daily motivation and want valuable tips for dealing with the stress of type 1 diabetes? Sign up for our daily email and start your day with a practical type 1 diabetes and mental health tip delivered straight to your inbox. It's like a personal boost for your day, from me to you. And best of all, it's absolutely free. Don't wait. Go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip and subscribe today because every day with type 1 diabetes deserves a healthy start. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash tip. You know that living with type 1 diabetes can be really challenging. And we talk about these challenges with fighting words, struggle, battle, wrestling with diabetes. What if, instead of thinking about it as a struggle or as a battle, we soften that language, not to diminish the real not to diminish the true challenges that we deal with, but to understand ourselves in the context of our diabetes and so that we're not thinking about it all the time in a way that makes it negative, in a way that makes it overbearing, in a way that makes it overwhelming. Welcome to the Live Free with T1D podcast, brought to you by the Diabetes Psychologist. This is the only podcast where we teach you to build your type 1 diabetes stress management plan like a sailboat. You are the captain, your diabetes management is the hull, your mindset is the sails, your behavior is the rudder, and your support team is the crew. When you build your sailboat correctly, you will have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. I'm your host, Dr. Mark Heyman. And on this episode of the podcast, I coach Catherine about how to deal with the overwhelm and constant challenges that diabetes throws into her life. I help her think about the language that she uses to describe diabetes, as well as helping her to see herself in the context of her diabetes. She has a lot of things going on in her life that had nothing to do with diabetes, helping her to see how those fit into her life, as well as how diabetes fits into her life, is a powerful transformation in the way that she sees herself in the context of diabetes. If you ever feel overwhelmed, overburdened, and like you're fighting with diabetes all the time, this episode will help you to soften that language and to see yourself in the context of diabetes. Because guess what? You are so much more than your diabetes. Catherine, thanks so much for joining me today. I'm excited to have you on the podcast. Welcome. Hi, nice to be here. So why don't you introduce yourself to the audience and let us know you know, who you are, about your life with type 1 diabetes, and what is the biggest challenge you're having right now? Um, yeah, okay. Well, um, my name's Catherine. I'm from the UK, but I lived, I have lived most of my life abroad, um, which has been challenging. I have been diabetic since the age of 19. And I am now 56. So I've had diabetes for quite a long time. Um, bit of a shock when I was diagnosed because I didn't actually know what it was. And I was living in France at the time. So um, everything that I learned about it, uh, I learned in French before coming back to the UK and learning all the words and, you know, the vocabulary I needed for uh, dealing with it in English. Um, so yes, yeah, so I'm a type one. I'm also a celiac, um, underactive thyroid, mm, bit of alopecia. Um, so a whole host of um, autoimmune 
conditions, um, but obviously diabetes is is the biggie. Um, yeah, so main challenges, I find that because having any kind of chronic condition, and I'm not saying it's only diabetes, obviously other conditions exist, um, it's just the relentlessness of dealing with it every day. Mm-hmm. And it never goes, you know, we know it's never going to go away. And you're going to have good days, you're going to have bad days. And it doesn't matter. Sometimes there's no rhyme or reason as to why you have a hypo or a hyper um, or, you know, that something's gone wrong or you get an upset stomach and then it really it affects everything. Or it it's just the the constant battle, I think, is just exhausting. And when other stuff in your life is going wrong or, or or right, you still have to deal with the diabetes. And it's just a constant and it's constantly in my mind. Um, and I'm very lucky that I have um, insulin pump at the moment. I'm on the Omnipod uh, pump and I've got a Dexcom glucose monitor um and that seems to be working okay for the for the moment before that I was injecting with pens before that I had an insight pump uh with the blood testing kit so mm-hmm. all through my life I've used various bits of kit that have been available um I'm always keen to try new stuff um but i think that the the most exhausting part is is just this relentlessness of constantly having to stay on top of your blood sugar levels all the time um mm. dealing with the consequences so you've got immediate consequences obviously as we know you you might need to get some orange juice or have some sugar or you know to deal with a hypo straight away um and the, i think the thing that i find most difficult about a hypo is the absolute sense of panic um when i feel my blood sugar is going low and even though i drink some orange juice or have jelly babies um oh for american listeners those are little um sweets kind of gummy gummy bear sweets okay. i suppose you'd call it <laughs> candy in american right <laughs> get my language right um so but it it takes such a long time or it feels like such a long time till you feel better again till you start to feel normal again and i nearly always need to sleep after a hypo and if i'm at work or if i'm you know out and about busy busy you can't just sit down and go to sleep for half an hour but that is really what i want to do um and it's my body just telling me to stop i suppose but that's exhausting. You can't you can't just keep pushing through all the time um, when things like that happen. So trying to avoid the hypos is something that I try. Obviously, I try to do all the time. Then on the other hand, you've got your high le- sugar levels that, you know, I've, I've had issues with that when I was younger, when I went to university. What did I care? And also it was the 1980s. So, you know, who knew anything really about diabetes? Um, and my, who knows what my sugar levels were? I mean, they were probably sky high most of the time. 
Um, so I ended up with some um, necrobiosis on my shins um, and getting these ulcers and all sorts of really ugh, nasty stuff on my legs, um, basically due to uh, running high sugar levels. Um, so I've still got scarring from that. And that was from, you know, 30 years ago. Um, eyes, I've had um, uh, laser surgery on the retinas because there was damage in the eyes. But really, I've actually been quite lucky, I think, because that's all I've had. Um, and I soon got myself in shape um, when I realised that actually, you know, you've got to take this a bit more seriously. Um, but I think I've been very lucky, actually, Mark. I've had over the years, I've had quite a few um, series of kind of counselling or therapy sessions with a variety of people wherever I was. And um, that has really helped. Um, it helps me deal with the other crap that's going on in my life, which means that I can focus more on what is, you know, there all the time, the diabetes. So I don't know if other people have said this to you, that um, having that counselling or therapy support mm. just to help deal with life is actually really, really helpful. Um, as, as long as you're open, obviously you have to be open to the idea to talk to people about things. Um, Absolutely. But that really has been beneficial. And most recently I've been um, talking to um a, a cognitive behavioral therapist who's been doing some acceptance and commitment therapy which i believe is a sub branch of cbt um and that has been very helpful and has taught me some techniques and some tricks about how to help myself um yeah yeah so yeah that's well, basically and, and I, I want to say you know my story. I, I, i'm actually a big pro i'm actually a big proponent of acceptance and commitment therapy otherwise known as act and for those people who don't know what okay. that is very very briefly it's a way of just learning to accept the fact that sometimes there's going to be stress and distress in your life and so instead of trying to avoid yep. it and get rid of it um you know we don't want to invite it in and want it to be there but given that it may not go away just like diabetes finding ways to maneuver around it and with it as opposed to try to push it away is oftentimes the the most effective ways uh, of dealing with that and if you listen to me yeah. for any period of time you'll 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 hear these themes coming out in the in the way that I talk about diabetes well, Catherine, I, ha I have lots of ideas for you, but I want to just, I, I have one question before we go on, and that is about your yep. learning about learning about diabetes in French and then having to, to, to transition <laughs> back to English. Because we talk about diabetes as being yeah. its own language, right? We, have, we, we all have a language that if we talk to somebody that knew that we met about basal and bolus and hypo and hyper, and it's going yeah. to sound like gibberish to them. And I, yeah. I, I want to hear a little bit about you having to learn it in French and how was your French at the time? And then how did you transition back and learn it in English all over again? Okay. Well, um, I hadn't, it, it was a brand new uh, experience for me learning these words in any language. My French was fluent. I had studied it at school and I was living in, living and working in France when this first happened when I was 19 just before going off to university so I was on a gap year we call it in this country um so I had I had no idea what they were talking about 
So not only did I have to learn the vocabulary, I also had to learn what that means. So it's all very well saying hypo, hyper and all these other words. But if you don't actually know what they mean, it doesn't matter what language they're in, to be honest. Mm -hmm. So initially, yes, I learned it all in French and my French was fluent and I had no problem. Um, And I was in hospital in, in Paris for I don't know, a couple of weeks, a week, maybe, I don't know, and then came back to the UK. So then starting all over again with other language, but I kept referring back to this booklet that I'd been given in the hospital in Paris to try and understand what my English doctor was saying. Sounds a bit strange. Um, But then I, I then subsequently moved to Portugal and I lived in Portugal for most of my adult life so again I had to learn it all uh, again all the words again but actually it's very similar to French so it wasn't such a big deal Um, but even so trying to explain so so all the vocabulary actually Mark is that it is fairly similar because it's all Mm -hmm, I think a lot of it is Latin based so it's actually not so tricky and I'm a bit of a linguist anyway so for me personally it's not much of a deal but Trying to explain how I feel in a foreign language is difficult. Mm. I can, you know, talking about feelings in English is already a little bit tricky, isn't it? When it's your own language, because you you don't know if you're expressing yourself clearly. You don't, you, you're not sure if you're communicating really what you feel. Um, so doing that in a foreign language is really hard. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, um, you just get on with it and and people are very kind you know doctors and nurses in wherever i've been they've always been so helpful and so kind and so patient while i'm trying to you know stumble through what i'm trying to say but mm-hmm. i don't know maybe i'm really engaged with it because i'm a linguist and i'm an english teacher maybe i i i get it maybe for somebody else it would be more challenging um but yeah yeah, yeah, to be honest, it, it's, yeah, it was a bit weird. It's a bit weird, but, you know. Yeah, I can imagine. I mean, I, it's, just, it's, it, 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 it's always challenging just to learn the language of diabetes on its own and then learning yeah. it in a different language yeah. and now back in your own language. It's yeah. it's, a, it's an interesting conversation. Um, but b- back to your challenge around, you know, just feeling like it's the, con- that diabetes is a constant burden. And I, I don't disagree with you at all. I'm not, I'm not going to challenge you or yeah. push back on that at all because I live with diabetes just like you do. And I, I understand. Yeah. But I want to ask you, Catherine, um, Tell me about yourself in a couple, I mean, in a couple sentences or um, that in, in a way that has nothing to do with diabetes. What do you enjoy? What are, what are things that are uh, in life that, that you're passionate about, that you enjoy doing? Um, if, if we were to talk about Catherine as a person with diabetes pushed aside for a second, how would you describe yourself? Um, well, I love reading. I love languages. Okay. I love words. Um, I love walking my dog going outside okay. i love being outside uh-huh. even when it's cold in this country mm-hmm. um i love going out and, and being active um and and being with my friends that often involves food mm-hmm. as we know but you know you learn to manage that part but it's for me it's the people it's it's being with other people that is more important um so i'm quite a sociable person i like doing stuff with my friends and new experiences i've just recently started paddleboarding Really? Never done that before in my life, but why not? Give it a go. And, you know, it's fun. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm that that basically and also I'm a teacher. So, you know, I'm 
I'm interested in my students. I'm interested in helping uh, people be the best version of themselves that they can be. And if, you know, getting them through education, whichever level it is, um, you know, I, I feel that that is my calling to kind of help people to teach them what they need to go to get further in in life to, to where they want to be. Um, so, yeah. Amazing. I, I guess that's me. So I, I asked that question for two different reasons and they're, they're actually inter- interconnected, yeah. but I think, I think it's important. The first is remembering that, you know, when you, when we talk about diabetes and we get in this language of, you know, it's this constant battle and it's, it's challenging all the time. Yeah. Again, not that those, those, those statements are not, not untrue, but the language that we use kind of gets us very wrapped up in our, in ourselves and in our head. Yeah. Um, around around yeah. diabetes and it being a, a, our sole focus. And so one of the yeah. core concepts of acceptance commitment therapy is something, it's a fancy word called selfless context. And in, mm-hmm. in simple terms, what it means is that t- seeing ourselves in the context of our challenges and of our lives. And so, mm-hmm. so if, if we say our, our diabetes is the biggest challenge of my life and I'm, I'm constantly fighting against it all day long, your, your life and your, your thoughts around diabetes become very narrow because yeah. it becomes your sole focus. When we're able yeah. to help, when we're able to broaden that out a little bit and say, okay, yeah. diabetes is here in the context of my paddleboarding and my love of languages, my friends and my dog and all these things, mm-hmm. all these different parts of my life certainly become, it's the challenge is still there. It hasn't changed, but the context that you're seeing the challenge in has mm-hmm. changed. Yeah. And, and it doesn't, yeah. it doesn't make it smaller, but it makes it, it puts it in the context. And I want to encourage yeah. you kind of when, when we get in this mindset, we, and we all get in this mindset of how challenging and what a struggle it is, um, to take a step back and say, yes, it's a struggle, but I also get to do it because I, I also get to do all the other things in my life. And mm-hmm. that, 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 that changing context can be really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. The other, true. The, and yeah. I, I don't want to be the diabetic. Right. I don't want to. Yeah, I don't want people to say, "Oh, her, she's the diabetic, isn't she?" Yeah, you know. And, and the and the language that we use to describe diabetes, you know, again, and I'm, I'm going to use, use your language. You said, I, I believe you said challenge. You said struggle, um, mm. battle. I, I th- those types of words, um, those get us to the point sometimes where that's how we see ourselves as a, the, the diabetic who is always struggling and who is always doing those mm. things and. I think that that language is powerful, but it can also be softened um, in a way that is still truthful. It doesn't change mm-hmm. what's actually happening, but it makes it mm-hmm. a le- le- less aggressive, like a le- less fighting, a-, a little bit more, um, you know, rolling with the punches and even even riding the waves that are there. Um, and and mm-hmm. I think that that language is extremely powerful as we're thinking about the struggle or the mm-hmm. the challenges or the the ups and downs of diabetes. And those are, th- I, I use three words, struggle, challenges, and ups and downs. And they all mm. mean the same thing, but they, but the, the context and the way that they make us feel are actually very different. And I want to encourage you yeah. as you're thinking about it to, to, to see the language you're using and maybe reframe it and try some other words or phrases on for yeah. size as yeah. you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it is important to how you, how you frame yourself within yes. your, internal vision of you who who you are um and i do realize that sometimes it does become overwhelming and i just disappear into it um Mm -hmm. and and that's when um i need i need external help yeah in my head um and as as i mentioned earlier that has happened a few times um just because it's 
it's other stuff going on in my life which has to be dealt with as well and it just all becomes too much of course um, and you have to recognize that diabetes doesn't exist in a silo it exists as part of your life of, of everything else going on in your life your relationships yeah, your work exactly every yeah. other struggle and so it yeah. is it, it you can't we, we can't look at it by itself we have to look at it in the, in the context of our lives i talk to people with type 1 diabetes every day and every day is clear to me that people at t1d need a plan they need a plan to follow to manage the emotional burden of living with diabetes. Without a plan to manage stress, life with diabetes is overwhelming. You feel like you're drinking out of a fire hose, and you have no idea how to feel steady on your feet and find the peace of mind you're looking for. You feel like diabetes takes away your freedom to live a normal life. A plan to manage the emotional burden of T1D is very simple. There are five frameworks you need to know. And if you know these five frameworks, you have a plan for how to deal with any stress diabetes throws your way. With this plan, you'll be clear about what you're doing right now and what you need to do next. That's exactly what you get when you join Live Free with T1D. At Live Free with T1D, I coach you to manage the stress of type 1 diabetes like a sailboat. You are the captain. The hull of the boat is your diabetes knowledge and management. The sails are your mindset, the rudder is your behavior, and your crew is your support system. If you build the five parts of your sailboat correctly, you'll be sailing smoothly with type 1 diabetes. All of that is part of the plan that's available to you when you join Live Free with T1D. Plus, as part of Live Free with T1D, I host a live coaching event every month where you get access to me and have the opportunity to ask me questions and even get personalized coaching. To join Live Free with T1D, go to www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. That's www.thediabetespsychologist.com forward slash live free with T1D. Join other people with type 1 diabetes just like you who have a plan to find peace of mind and freedom in their lives with type 1 diabetes. The other reason yeah. I asked the question, the other yeah. reason I asked the question, which is a, which is similar, is you know, I always encourage people, whoever they are, but especially people with diabetes, to think about what is your mission in life or what do you want your life to be about? You know, at the, at the end of your life. If you or if you were to write a eulogy for yourself right now for the, for the end of your life, whenever that comes, hopefully in a long mm. time, you know what what do you want people to say about you? Do they want you want they want you to say the Catherine the woman who was thinking about diabetes all the time, or will you want them to say you know, Catherine the, the 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 teacher and the the passionate linguist and the the, the uh, yeah. Olympic Olympic paddleboarder. <laughs> um, <laughs> I, mean, I I'm joking, but not really. Yeah, right. um, but 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 I I really feel like it, that it is important for all of us to have a mission, and the mission can be grand. It can be I want to be the first person with diabetes on the moon, or it could be I want to be I want to build a beautiful garden for myself in my backyard. It, the, mm. the mission is actually yeah. irrelevant. But when you have a mission, mm. you, when you have we have a destination of somewhere that you want to go in your life, um, that can make the make the challenges of diabetes a little bit easier to handle because you say, if, if you say I am, I, I, I am so stressed out because my blood sugars are not in a good place. 
You say, okay, well, that's mm. great. What's that preventing you from doing? And if you say, well, I really want to be able to go paddleboarding this weekend and I need to get my blood sugars in a better place and sort of go, oh, go paddleboarding. Now you have a real reason to, mm. um, to engage with the, the challenges. Because for many of us, you know, I don't know about you, but certainly for me, if you say, well, I want to get my A1C from eight to seven. Okay, well then, because I get a pat on the back of my doctor or I feel good about myself, but that's just a number on a piece of paper. But if I say, I want to get my A1C from an A to a seven so that I can go paddleboarding every weekend, now all of a sudden that's something to grab onto and to look forward to. And the struggle, mm-hmm. which is still there, it has meaning to it because now you're able to do it for a reason. Of course, if we yeah. can, if we can remove the struggle, then by all means do it. But since, we, since we have diabetes and we can't do that, having that thing in, in our, in mind of this is what I want to be able to do. And this is where I want to go mm. and really define mm. that. It makes the challenges um, more worthwhile because you're willing to engage with them so that you can do that thing mm. as opposed to mm. feeling like you're just treading water or like, you know, drowning mm. and trying to keep your head just above the water. I feel like having yeah. that mission, it gives, it gives you purpose to move forward despite mm. the challenges. And I think that's a really important thing for all of us to keep in mind um, because mm. And, and that language is important too, you know, thinking about the struggle, you know, so I, I'm struggling with diabetes, period, or I'm struggling with diabetes so that I can um, go paddleboarding next weekend. Mm. To me, that's, there's a there's a very different feel to one versus the other well, of those statements. Mm. And, and I'm curious well, what, um, your, what your reaction to that is. Well, no, I think you're right. But my um, my overall purpose is, I suppose... The reason that I'm so careful or try to be as careful as I can with my diabetes is because my um, because I was widowed and mm-hmm. my children rely on me. So I need to be the best that I can be for them, for myself, Great. but also for, for my kids. So, you know, they're in their 20s now. So it's not like, you know, it's not like I'm going to take them to school anymore. But I I do feel that it is my responsibility um, that I need to be here for them um, because their dad isn't, basically. Um, But then also, um, as you say, I mean, there is loads of stuff that I want to do and I'm not going to let my diabetes get in the way and and stop me from doing what I want to do. I don't have great ambitions. I don't want to climb Everest or go to the moon or anything like that. But, you know, I don't want it to stop me um, you know, if I want to, I don't know, I can't think of anything actually now that I particularly want to do, but you know, the paddleboarding. Yeah. I mean, it's great. It's, um, it's fun and it, you know, it gets me out and it's a bit, a bit challenging for me because I'm a little bit wobbly on the board, but you know, it's, it's good. It gets me out of myself. It gets me out of my head, um, and gets me doing something. I'm focusing on something else that is difficult. I find difficult. Um, And then I forget about the diabetes for a while, which is really nice. Um, And I also find that when I'm in a good place in my head, uh, the diabetes just flows. It doesn't bother me anywhere near as much. So it seems that, um, yeah, you know, the the less stress in, in my system, the better the diabetes control anyway so it's learning the de-stressing techniques um which which physically has an impact on my blood sugar levels anyway which apparently has been proven with you know breathing and stuff brings your 
blood sugar levels down or something. Well, it calms your it it calms the your uh, nervous system, which then can make your blood sugars easier easier to manage right. for sure. But I think that you you bring up a really great point, Catherine, is that you know certainly the, you know doing everything you can everything you can to reduce your stress. And sometimes there's going to be a place place or things that you cannot do to reduce your stress. Or your stress is going to be there no matter what. Mm-hmm. And but also remembering that you remembering your purpose, remembering that you're there for your you want to be there for your kids because you're yeah. their only living parents. You yeah. you want you want to paddleboard. You want to travel and be out with your friends. And sure. keeping those things in mind is actually a way. It doesn't. It may not reduce the stress objectively. Mm. However, it reduces the stress subjectively because all of a sudden your context is now much bigger. Your context yeah. is not only diabetes. Your context is exactly diabetes in the context of your kids, or maybe even even yeah. your kids in the context of diabetes. And that is a way of um, subjectively reducing your stress mm. and. From in my book, se- whether the reduction is sub- subjective or objective, it's all the same because it makes you feel better, it makes you feel yeah. more motivated, and it, it, yeah. it puts you in a place where it's going to be easier to manage your blood sugars. Yeah, yeah, so, it's all true. Well, great, yeah. well, Catherine. Catherine, in, thank you so you know, much for it's joining. It's a state oh. of mind, isn't it? Yes. Sorry, it's it a is. state of mind, and it, and it and it's how you perceive things in your head. Um, and if you perceive things in a positive light, you know, glass half full sort of way, then life is going to be easier anyway, mm-hmm. um, I think. Uh, and I try I try and make everything. I try and find the silver lining um, in everything. And even being diabetic, I look at the silver lining and I think, okay, so I eat really healthily. I do a lot of exercise because that's what is helping me with the diabetes. But the knock-on effects of those uh, healthy habits isn't only to do with being diabetic. It's actually making me a healthier person overall um, and more mentally healthy, I think. Yes. So, and, so and, you know, that's my silver lining. I'm diabetic, but, you know, what on earth would I be like if I if I weren't? You know, would I be a huge, humongous, I don't know, because I do love food? I, I don't know. I don't know, really. Right. And I think so, that your, you know, your mindset matters and, and your mindset, and if you put a mission on top of that mindset to to be able to do something, to be there for your kids, to paddleboard, to walk the dog, to yeah. go out with your friends, then it makes it much, not only does it make it easier, but it makes it much more meaningful because you have a direction you want to go and you're, and you're willing yeah. to put in the work to get traction towards that destination. Yeah. 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 No, that's really well put. I like that. Traction. Well, Kat- Towards yes, my destination, traction. Yes. <laughs> well, Ka- <laughs> Catherine, work, thank Mark. you, thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. this. is a great conversation. I really hope it was helpful for yeah, you. You're I know it's, no, no, it's going to be helpful for the listeners. So, um, you know, keep in touch and let us know how you're doing, getting that traction. At the end of every episode, I give you a plan of action that you can use in your life type and diabetes starting today to reduce the emotional burden of life with type and diabetes. And today. Your plan of action is take steps to soften your language around diabetes. First, take out a piece of paper and write down all of the words that you use to describe the challenges of diabetes. Do you use fighting words like battle, struggle, wrestling with? Or do you use softer words like riding the wave? Whatever you use, write them down. 
And then ask yourself, how helpful are these words? And what are other words that I can use to convey the same message, but in a way that reduces your stress and makes it easier for you to handle the challenges that diabetes does throw your way? Make this list and then make a list of alternative words you can use when thinking about the challenges diabetes brings into your life. And then make an effort to use these words. When you find yourself using these fighting words, substitute them with softer words that convey the same message, but in a way that reduces your stress and helps you live a free and flexible life with type 1 diabetes. Thanks so much for joining me on the Live Free with T1D podcast, where I teach you how to build your diabetes management plan like a sailboat so you can have smooth sailing in your life with type 1 diabetes. And I'll see you back here next week, same time, same place. Bye for now.